on Global News Radio. And uh, you've got me today, and you've also got Jocelyn Bamford, who wrote on September 16th, four days before the election, Trudeau's just transition might transition you out of a job. Jocelyn's on the line. Jocelyn, what did you mean by that? Well, you know, isn't it interesting that uh, a couple weeks before the election was announced, or a week before the election was announced, the Trudeau government announced the just transition very quietly on a Friday afternoon, you know, when you want to announce something that you don't want a lot of people to see or hear. And and what the just transition is, is talking about, you know, we're not going to be in the resource sector anymore, and and we're going to transition out, but, you know, we're going to provide a soft landing uh, for those people. But, you know, if you look at the experience in Ontario with the green energy policy, you know, they promised green jobs. Well, those green jobs happened offshore. They didn't happen in Ontario and manufacturing left. And this is just a further uh, moving of this policy across Canada. So we're going to see some huge job losses. And the, the the terrible thing is, is people aren't even aware of it. So, you know, if you want to be super frightened and you have somebody that works in the resource sector or somebody that works in the manufacturing sector or somebody works in the plastic sector, of which they say we're transitioning out of all of those, um, you should be super frightened because your job may be on the line. Well, I don't know why this wasn't more fulsomely or more fully discussed during the election campaign. And the reason for that is I think I knew it. I, I didn't vote for Trudeau. I suspect you didn't vote for Trudeau, but most people did vote for Trudeau. That's not true. Most people voted for the Conservatives, but they were all out in Alberta with those great big ridings that uh, don't carry more seats. So the bottom line is Trudeau got in because he had the most seats. And he's there, and he's there for as, as many of four years as he wants to be, provided he's got the NDP supporting him. That's the way it is. And, uh, and so somehow or other, in a, a climate where we've chased manufacturing away, we have, we've uh, signaled that the cost of uh, emitting carbon is not only there now, but it's going up humongously on January the 1st, including in, in the gasoline that we consume in our cars. Uh, now we're talking about getting rid of resource industries where resources, or as the stock people like to say, rocks and trees are about all we have in Canada that's reliable. What's left? Yeah, it, it is a super frightening. And the heartbreaking thing is it's going to do nothing to help the environment because what's going to happen in those jobs? Those jobs are going to move to jurisdictions that don't have the environmental protection that we have in Canada. We're not going to get our clean, liquefied natural gas out to China and India so they can come off coal. So really, we're going to destroy middle-class jobs in Canada, and a lot of them are high-paying, high-skilled jobs, and we're going to have a dirtier planet. And like, in what world does that sound like a good idea? And, and the fact that very few media outlets picked up on this, and, and I'll bring you back to remember when Tim Hudak said that he was just not going to replace 100,000 public sector jobs when they retired, and the media went, Zerko, and everybody thought that their mother, brother, sister was going to lose her job. And here's the prime minister saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm transitioning out of these jobs. And it was crickets out there. And, and, and I also blame the conservatives for not highlighting this. I mean, we saw in the pandemic how vulnerable we were with manufacturing offshore. And there was a real uh, desire for Canadians to bring back the manufacturing and nobody talked about it. So missed opportunity for the Conservatives, a terrible plan for the Liberals, and we're going to be wearing that. We're going to wear extra costs at our groceries, at our gas, job losses. 
it's not going to be pretty in the well, next couple of years. Interesting that you use that as a comparison. I mean, all that Mr. Hudak needed was to have his foot removed from his mouth, which didn't happen in time for him to win an election. Uh, but we come to this election, and uh, there was no foot in mouth. Trudeau said it out in the open. Nobody bothered asking, which begs the question, um, are, are media people in a position where there are questions that are verboten, that aren't going to be taken, that they don't think they have to ask or that they've been ordered not to ask? I mean, I know there are people out there scratching their heads and saying, what is exactly the, that Sherman is saying? Well, n- nothing different than a lot of people are saying. Uh, the prime minister took and allocated hundreds of millions of dollars to make sure that some media friends would be friendly. You know, friends are friendly. And maybe there are some subjects that didn't get asked because they weren't supposed to be. And of course, you know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. But let me share with you an email. And I'm not going to name the company, but it's one of our members of our coalition, have thousands of employees. Um, We're waiting for the outcome of the election. So, uh, you know, on Tuesday, I said... What does the outcome of the election mean for you? And he said, this is his email. I'm not going to name him, but I will move out of Canada. I will not invest further in our Canadian division. I will look for places to invest that are supportive of our business and value what we deliver. Over time, things we do in Canada will be transferred to new locations outside of Canada. In the interim, we will look to meet the growing demands of our customer by whatever means possible. And And that's just not an outlier. That's the thinking of quite a few uh, people uh, and business owners. A lot of them made their um, alternative plans. They, you know, one of our, our coalition members used to have 80% of their business and 20% in the United States. Now it's reversed. So it's going to be a slow drip, 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 drip. Uh, and you may not notice it immediately, but you're certainly going to notice it over time. Well, and I don't a, know what's going to replace those. Jocelyn, it was it's a terrifying drip. And you're right. It is a drip, drip, drip. And I know that you're a busy person, so I doubt that you heard my opening commentary uh, when we signed on at 105. But without repeating the whole thing, I'll just say this. I ended by saying, you know, this is a 154-year-old country, and there's nothing on God's earth that says that 154 years from now, or 10 years from now, it has to exist. It doesn't necessarily have to exist. Something can replace Canada. We have the land. I'm not saying we're going to join the United States. I'm not saying there's going to be a new country. I'm not saying there will be an Ontario as separate from Quebec. I don't know what there will be. But I do know, and I did say, that I, I would worry a little bit as I put my uh, pillow, my head on the pillow tonight about what the future for Canada holds, especially if there are kids and grandkids in your future or ones that you have now uh, who have to pay for this mess that's been made and ultimately have to be able to support families. Yeah, it, it, and how are you going to do that without jobs and, and very many high-skilled manufacturing jobs? And what are you going to do when everything we make and use and consume is manufactured outside of Canada. Um, it is a frightening prospect. This election should have been about bringing back manufacturing because we have the best innovation. We have the best workers. We have the capabilities and the technology, but nobody talked about it. And that, to me, is a frightening prospect because the consequences of that are going to be devastating. Well, you know, it's interesting you, you zero in on manufacturing, and why wouldn't you? If we're, if we're killing the resource industries that 
have really uh, been our sustenance and our future, or at least touted as such, for so long. That does leave manufacturing. And we uh, used to also be touted as uh, the, the heart in the, uh, in the engine, you know, the, the, heart, the beating heart in the middle of the engine called Canada was Ontario, where we manufactured everything. Look at our automotive industry, and we would, we would uh, beat the drum for that. You brought up green energy. That was the, uh, the Dalton McGinty solution. That didn't work very well, as you pointed out as well. Um, in, in the auto sector, the auto sector is sustained by uh, dint of a number of foreign manufacturers who have been attracted because of good labor and uh, ch- cheap opportunity to build cars in Canada for a, largely a Canadian market as well as for export. They don't have to stay here forever. And if you take a look at the way uh, Biden has been behaving lately, they really don't have to stay here forever and may yet go. Who knows? And, and when you layer on Buy America, which many manufacturers are, are um, faced with, and the, 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 the Trudeau government declaring under the Canadian Environmental Protection Agency, plastic is toxic. That's a $35 billion industry, 372,000 jobs in Canada. So, so, so we can't be in the resource sector. We can't be in the plastic sector. Manufacturers make parts for both the plastic sector and the resource sector. So what are we going to do? Where, where are these jobs that are a fantasy, green jobs that we never saw happen in Ontario? Where are they coming it's from? A, Jocelyn, it's a great question. Work? I've got to cut you off there because we're out of time, but I thank you. Jocelyn Bamford, president and founder, Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada, Peter Sherman, Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.